Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Serious late night hikers, what is the creepiest thing you have seen while hiking? My wife walks our dogs late at night. She heard a sound and couldn't figure out where it was coming from. It was a high-pitched whining like a radio-controlled car and seemed to be coming from the graveyard near where she crosses a road. She figured an electrical box had failed and continued walking. Both dogs immediately started alerting and staring at the graveyard behind her. Then she saw the culprit, a quadcopter. Now remember that it was past midnight. The quadcopter didn't have any running lights, and it started to follow my wife. She was more than a bit upset, so she messaged me and asked me to be ready to drive and pick her up. The quadcopter continued to follow her and matched every turn she made. She said to me that she was scared of it knowing where we lived. She was ready to call the police. When the quadcopter turned around and headed off, I drove to pick her up. And we drove out of town to approach our home from a different route. The next day we asked the local online community groups about it. Turns out that this quadcopter had been following women to their homes for a few days. The police were notified. But the quadcopter's pilot decided to lay low. And the police couldn't find anything. We are assuming that the quad pilot saw the forum discussion about them. Sorry it's not a windigo or alien. But it was creepy as hell to the people who were being followed. Not intending to mock any religion or beliefs, and I really don't know which group this would be credited to anyway. Wiccans? Druids? Just a psycho? Anyway, I was hiking through a park in central Florida about 3 years ago. Kind of dense scrub brush. You can only see the trail in front of you. Brush is chest high on both sides. I'm about 2 miles from the nearest trailhead, and it's around 7pm. I had an hour of light left. I had intended on setting camp when I found the next clearing. First clearing I get to has a gate ahead in the middle with a circle of stones around it. Maybe 2 to 3 weeks old. Just a dried skull with scales. Soft tissue was. Gone. I had seen gator skulls left by poachers before and I usually ignore it. But it gave me a weird vibe so I kept walking. About 15 minutes later and deeper in I get to another nice size clearing. This time. 
a few dead birds were strung up to some sticks and hanging in a circle, like a mobile over a baby crib. Seven or eight small birds, maybe four feet across, had been there for a while. It didn't smell anymore at least. Still creepy enough to send me on my way. Third time's the charm. Right? Wrong. Twenty minutes later, and after taking to side paths to get away from the main trail and hopefully avoid any other displays, I find a fresh one. A deer head on a stick, with sticks scattered around making four circles around the base of the stick. The blood was splattered all around the sticks. Fresh enough for the flies to still be on it. The head smelled rancid. Didn't see the body, but I didn't look for it either. I got out of there. I was dark before I got back to my truck. Called fish and game the next morning because the gator and deer would have been taken out of season. Told them what I found, and apparently this wasn't the first time somebody called about animal effigies in that park. Never went back, but I'm curious just how many other shrines were out there. A few friends and I went on an overnight hike in the Rockies behind a little town a few years back, when I was in HS. Our camping site was pretty far up there, and it was getting dark. The spot we were at was nestled in a grove of trees secluded from the wind and element, so we decided to stop there for the night. The four of us built a little fire, and ate dinner then just talked for a few hours. Then all of a sudden my friend leaps forward, and douses the fire with our emergency water plunging us into complete darkness. Needless to say the rest of us were pretty pissed as there was no reason for him to do this. He quickly shushes us, and we realize he is absolutely terrified. Like so scared he couldn't even speak or move. The rest of us manage to get a few words out of him, and he tells us to look up on the ridge where we should have been camping at. It was pretty far up, so it was kind of hard to see at first, but that sight will haunt me for the rest of my life. There was a fire, a big one, like a bonfire sort of thing. Around the fire were several figures moving in a slow circle. They were humanoid but not quite. And in they had arms and legs like people but something just seemed different about them. That I can't really explain. Almost like the limbs were too long and skinny or something but maybe not. Anyway these figures just moved around the fire in a really slow circle over and over again. My one friend claims he could hear them singing something, but I don't remember anything. Importantly there was one standing off to the side a little ways leaning with his arm on a tree branch above his head. It really creeped us out, but we were able to sleep it off. We figured it was a scout troop having a camp or something. Morning came and we finished off our hike to the peak, and on our way down we passed the place we saw the figures, and decided to check out the camp. It was completely deserted. It was obvious that there had been a fire and there were footprints everywhere. Inside the fire pit was a small mound of charred animal bones, probably chipmunk, and a pile of 4 or 5 rodent skulls that had been burned. Creepy right. Then we look over at where the one figure was standing. Blood. Not a lot but enough to be of concern or anything but enough to be creepy. Then we see the tree branch he was casually leaning against. It was well over any of our heads and a over 6. Foot. That would mean that in order for the figure to lean against it like he was, he would need to be at least 7 feet tall. Needless to say, we got off that mountain very fast and I have never been up there again. We called the fish and wildlife rangers and told them what we saw. They said it was probably just a bunch of kids messing around and not to worry about it. It might have been just that. And we let our imaginations run wild. But all four of us swear to this day we all saw the same thing and it didn't look like a bunch of kids in the dark. 
I don't believe in ghost or the supernatural, but those mountains still scare the shit out of me, and I will never go back there again. Don't believe me, if you don't want to, but there is something out there. Ghost or dumb kids. I'm not going near it. A bear. It wasn't late night, but the sun was setting. A bunch of friends went up to a cliff diving spot that we knew. After a day of swimming and activities, a park ranger saw us and told us to follow a certain trail back to the parking lot because it's faster. This was a trail we haven't seen and we didn't take it up. We said duck it and decided it was okay. After about 1.5 hours of hiking and being lost on the trail, we come to a clearing in the forest with no more trail. Just what was left and a shit ton of vegetation. No problem. Turn around right. Now that was the first time I ever saw a bear full on in person. The first thing I thought about was how ducked it would be if we had to run and even worse. Someone getting caught. We just saw it. Backed up. And decided duck it. T. Better walk down the mountain than try to go around it. T. This isn't creepy but it definitely spooked me. E. e. I'd like to preface this by saying I do not believe in ghosts. I was walking through the woods after fishing for the better part of the day. I decided to stay out real late and try and fish up some bullheads from a local watering hole. I was only about 13 and stayed out way later than I normally would. Usually I would take a trail home, but decided to cut through some thicker brush to get to my grandparents house so I could call my mom. I knew she'd probably be freaking out a bit, even though this happened from time to time. There was an abandoned graveyard on my route. I don't remember what the story was about it, but I knew it was there. I had wandered past it before. Never really checked it out. It's all overgrown and wild. I knew that if I followed on the outskirts of the graveyard I'd hit the road and be home free. The day had been pretty chilly overall for a late spring day, but I swear in my teenage brain that it was getting colder. I remember looking at my breath and thinking it was weird how cold it had gotten. It was overall a pretty bright night, near full moon, but in the woods it was hard to see. The graveyard was wide open, no trees. It was well lit. As I was walking up I noticed that the ground was covered in a thin layer of fog and remember looking into the graveyard and not really registering what I saw at first. It was a person, which at first didn't seem odd. So I kept quiet and walked into the woods a bit more so I didn't get spotted. I didn't know who it was, so I wanted to keep clear. I stepped behind some trees and lost sight of them for a moment. And when I came back around the tree, they were gone. Weird because I was behind the tree for maybe a few seconds tops. I didn't hear anything either. I walked a bit further, keeping an eye out. I was a bit creeped out. Near the graveyard was a rundown barn. I'm not really sure, but as I got closer to it, I could see that someone was inside. I got a good look, and it was a woman, probably in her 50s. The way the moonlight hit her made her look incredibly pale. She seemed to be digging. But I didn't hear anything. No sounds of a shovel or her making noise in any way. I was maybe 30 feet away. I could see she stopped and disappeared behind some debris. I decided to get the heck out of there and quickly move to get out to the road. I tried to keep track of her. Looking for where she went. But I couldn't find her. It was like she literally disappeared. I kept trucking. And came out to the road. The fog was pretty much covering the road. A small country road. Fields on one side, woods on the other, 
As I walked down the road she would randomly appear behind and in front of me. And I started hiding and basically playing cat and mouse. Each time I saw her, she was hard to see. Only in the moonlight and stuck to the remnants of some of the old houses nearby. She always looked pale. Never made any noise. Once I got past that part of the road which had a number of barn foundations and home remnants. I never saw her again and it instantly started getting warmer. Creeped me the heck out and I never went that way again. I don't know who or what that was but I told my uncle about it and he went and checked it out. Thinking maybe someone was maybe trying to excavate the graves. He said there wasn't anything messed with. They thought I was lying. Still gives me the shakes just typing this out. I know it was most likely someone wandering around looking for stuff or checking the place out. But what teenage me remembers didn't seem natural. It was also weird that she never made noise. She also seemed to be able to just appear and move around me. At one point she was right behind me and I swear a moment later she was in front of me. We were camping upstate New York at a nice campground. 40 other campsites and it was at capacity. 10pm is quiet time and enforced. It's around 1am and everyone is asleep. I'm dreaming and in my dream, hear a young girl yell out help me from pretty far away. In my sleep I'm thinking wow, that's weird and realistic, and I hear it again, and I wake up this time. I check on my kids. Okay they are still there. It's pitch black outside and every time I heard it, I was asleep. So maybe I was dreaming it. Then I heard it for the third team help me being not yelled, but loud with a definite sense of fear and urgency to it, and she's deep in the woods away from the campsite. T. His time it sounded further away than the last. M now trying to figure out what to do. S somebody dragging her to her death. S an animal attacking her. He middle of the night and it's pitch black outside of the tent. Arm myself with my pocket knife locked open. And I leave the safety of my tent ready to attack wondering what the news articles will say about my heroism and subsequent death from a murderer or wild animal. T this time there are other campers yelling out where are you. Follow with only a response from her help me which is getting further and further away. I'm kinda freaked out at this point. So maybe 4 minutes have passed and other people have joined in the search. We hear somebody say we found her. I walk around to one of the that site with people that were searching for her and they said they found her. She was sleepwalking and walked into the woods. Apparently she does this a lot. Going back to sleep was challenging. Was camping in the mountains in BC Canada and myself. Friends and my dog had spent the day 4x4 eyeing and decided to come back as it was getting dark fast. Truck breaks down and we decided we better walk back to camp. We were only about 2 kilometers away where we broke down. It was around 11pm at this point so very dark and no one had a real flashlight, so we just walked with the moonlight. My dog was super on edge, and was growling a lot and smelling around. He's a hound so smelling is pretty normal, so I did not think much of it. But after a while he was really growling, and was looking around rapidly, and barking behind us. To the side of us. In front of us and going nuts. My friend turned her phone light on to just look up ahead, and it was a cougar just standing in front of us on the trail. My dog went full howling at this point, and was trying to run at it. He was on a leash, and the cougar took off. We were all terrified for the walk back. It made no noise the whole time we walk. Only reason we knew, was because of the dog. Buddy of mine was hiking in broad daylight in the BC Rockies. 
and had put his backpack down on a stump while resting and taking photos. He turns Eroin to see a cougar sitting next to his bag. So he turns to his wife to get her attention. He looks back. And both the bag. And the cat. Are gone. Not a single sound. I'm BC born and bred. And I'll sleep under the stars in wolf country. But won't talk about with cougars around. About a year ago I was talking a walk at a local nature park. It's rather big. Right alongside a big inlet river. I tend to cycle up there as there is plenty of drops and jumps for me to do on my mountain bike. But this one day slash night was a bit weird. You know when you can just feel something in the air. I was going about my business as usual and realized it was getting pretty late. Like not dark, but the light was beginning to fade. Not many people were there that day, but all day I just felt like I was being watched. I lined up a drop which runs next to a set of stairs. Quite a long one. Right as I hit the drop I hear this almighty ducking squawk. Really throaty. Bit of a roar combined with like. A bird I guess. My handlebars wobbled a little bit, but I managed to get to the bottom without falling. I slam on my brakes and look up the drop behind me and there was this figure. Human-like just standing at the top. He was wearing denim jeans with this ducking weird. Comma. Almost pagan escrow slash garment which had like feathers on it. All tattered and stuff. And he just looked at me. Deadpan. No expression and. After about 10 seconds just let out this ducking noise again. Really loud. Eyes stretched out I shit my ducking pants. A. And began to cycle out. Now it's about a 10 minutes ride of windy paths. Going over little wooden bridges covering small rivers slash runs. And I swear to ducking god this noise happens like 4 more times. E. S. Each a little closer. And to top it off. F. There was ducking nobody around. And D. Like normally you get couples walking through. GH. Or older folk with their dogs. GS. But nobody. Die. Nothing. NG. I've been back twice since. Set. And each time I just cannot get comfortable enough to stick around and enjoy myself like I used to. Oh oh. One day I think I'll grab a bunch of my pals from hockey and go exploring. NG. See if we can figure that shit out. Ut. This one is my favorite. The word squawk should be used far more often. I have a large farm in Gippsland, Australia. Most nights I would walk the fences with the dogs just to relax. This walk would usually take an hour and a bit. This one year in winter we had a very large collection of dead trees in the back paddock that we had decided to burn. Started the fire in the morning and let it burn all day. Every so often I'd go and check that it was okay. So it get to night and around 9pm I decide to go for my walk and check on the fire. Go to get the dogs and they just stayed in their kennels. Which was strange but they had a big day herding. As I get down towards the fire I just get this chill through my body and start to feel unsettled. At this point I just beeline to the fire. As I'm about 5 meters from the fire I see a figure to my left but behind me by about 50 feet. At this point I think it's one of the dogs that has finally followed me. I turn to call it over and I get no response. I whistle some commands and still no response. It's just standing there. I'm shitting. Bricks at this point and move closer to the fire and grab a burning branch. I start to think I'm ducked it's a wild dog my wife will find me mauled. I decide to rush it and hopefully scare it off. I take two steps and this thing takes off like a bullet. The only noise is when it jumps the fence and hit the bush. I run back to the house. 
to find the dogs or where I left them. The next day I go to check the fire with the dogs. Both of them refused to get out of the ute and even the cows wouldn't go near the area. I stopped walking after that, and now I carry a knife with me when I go in that area of the farm. I went on a day hike in the prairies with a friend that ended up taking too long. And we were returning in the dim glow of twilight. The sun had just set. So the sky was still bright. But the ground was dark. So it was really hard to see where we were stepping. Since our eyes wouldn't adjust to the dark ground when the sky in front of us was still lit up. I was in front of my friend. Trudging through big tufts of grass up to our knees. I took my next step. And as my foot hit the ground. I suddenly heard a noise that nobody on the prairies ever wants to hear. By the time I had processed what noise I had heard, I was already sprinting as fast as possible away from its source. I stopped after about 30 meters to check if I had been bitten. But I was safe. I had stepped on a rattlesnake and gotten away with it. Not hiking per se, but I used to walk my dog, Boo and Anima, up in the access roads for the power lines in the town. They're probably 2 to 3 miles long. Have a lot of ledges and obstacles. You have a nice view of the town below. It's just a nice place to walk your dog or jog or whatever. It was technically a restricted area on at the entries on either side. But people with houses around them could easily walk in through the woods. As I did. I'd see other people here and there walking their own dogs or jogging. But usually the same people. But it wasn't common to see people. So one day I'm walking my dog, Big Black Lab. He was almost 120 pounds but burly. Not fat at all. But also the nicest and gentlest boy you'd ever meet. And he stops dead in his tracks and his ears perk up. And he starts sniffing. Then he looks around behind me and starts staring. So I turn around and I see a disheveled, raggedy looking man sprinting toward us. Probably 250 feet away. Then, when he sees me see him. He literally stops dead in his tracks and starts walking, as if I didn't. Just see him sprinting at me, and he's trying to hide that he was just doing that. Now, I'm not at all trying to say I wasn't creeped. Because I was. But with me fight slash flight is pretty much always fight. So my brain starts going, and I decide the smart thing to do is stay put and not run. Let whoever this is know I have no reason to be afraid. So he approaches to talking distance and I wait for him to say something. I just stare at him holding the clip on the dogs, who is doing that soft, angry growl, where the hair on his back is standing up, btw, and he never growled, at anyone. So, now my guard is through the roof, leash, big dog man, he says, he bite, not as long as has on the leash, I say, subtly playing with the clip on the leash with my thumb, oh. Hey I'm looking for, generic store, is it that way, and he points, yay, I say, so he walks off, and I stood there watching him get way beyond any distance, that he could run, and catch up to me again, what he wanted I have no clue, but in guessing to club me in the back of the head and rob me, but my boy had my back. For a few years in my early 20s, I was living on the east coast, my area ran right along the Blue Ridge Mountains. And I'd often go on short day hikes with a few friends along the marked paths in the afternoons, when we were all free. A few times I'd gone alone. But I always kept to the same few areas, and knew my way around well. On this particular day I'd waited a little later into the afternoon for my friends, so we could go up the trails. But they ended up busy and I 
feeling fat after a whole pizza for lunch with soda, decided to get in the car and go hike it off by myself to ease me guilty conscience. There's some particular trails I like to use they shoot you straight up an incline to get your cardio in quick and hard, A, and E then an adjoining. Malapath winds you back down around the other side of the face, about a third of the way down. Here's trees to the right and a steep ice hill on the left that drops down to a low spot where I could usually spot deer herds and fun stuff. Struggled going up that day, and I'd waited later than usual. Oh it was probably close to 7 o'clock to 7.10pm by the time I reached the fork and turned back downhill. Edfall. Hiss. Meant it was fairly dark by that time. As I'm walking, I notice a person in the valley. She had on a long pinky white dress and by the way she was changing positions and shuffling around. It looked like she was in the middle of a photo shoot. I couldn't see the photographer. And it was a little late for photos. But I figured the camera person was probably in the tree line and that they were likely finishing up after golden hour. I stopped to watch for a second. Thinking how great a spot it was for some really awesome pictures. All of a sudden it was as if she fell. She didn't lower herself. There was no crouching or sitting motion. It was more like watching a glitch in real life. She was standing. And then she was face down on the ground with her legs bent up under her body. I got this really awful feeling all of a sudden. Like shivers down my neck. Without taking my eyes off her. She started crawling on all fours right up the hill towards the trail I was on. She wasn't on her knees though. She was basically running on her hands and feet. Maybe I was just freaked out. But she was closing in far faster than it seemed like she should been. It was almost like she'd been sped up. But the rest of the world was still moving by just the same. I wish I could say I'd pulled my phone out and gotten video evidence or at least taken a picture or been brave and kicked some spooky ass but i was suddenly overcome with an intense feeling of danger and i fell slash ran the rest of the way back to the parking lot without looking back even once i peeled out of there and haven't gone back since the weirdest part is that my car had been the only one in the lot when i got back to it and that area isn't super accessible by any other park and hike type trailheads that I know of. I wrote it off as crazy drugs and nothing more. But I don't know. I told my friends. And a few of them went out later. That night to investigate. Super duper smart idea. I know. But nobody has even seen anything like that out there since. Done tons of miles by headlamp. Creepiest thing I ever saw. Was just ears eyes reflecting at me out of the darkness. Spooked tons of skunks. Bears. And other animals. And the damn quail that wait until you are right on top of them and then all freak out at once. Got woken up miles into the backcountry once by what I thought was a car horn. But it was just a flock of bees flying overhead. And walking through a cattle herd in the dark can be freaky. Especially if you don't realize you are walking through a cattle herd. I went on a night hike about 12 years ago with a meetup group. Just to experience one. I knew no one there, and I'm not one to make small talk. There were about 25 people there and beforehand we met in a small cabin on the property, where the organizer laid down the rules. This person was stern. We were to remain completely silent, and listen to the night sounds. Keep up with the leader. It was certainly creepy. Walking quickly and quietly through the dark woods with strangers at your back. I think the leader was too rigid, and no one seemed to enjoy the experience. As soon as I spotted my car, I got in it and left. When my now wife and I first started dating, 
we would take long walks through our very small town. After I got off work at 11pm, we would wander through the cemetery, down little country roads, everywhere. But our favorite area was a large field, where the stars were incredible. One night we were watching a small meteor shower, and heard all kinds of loud grunting, and ruckus coming from a tree line. We had nowhere to go, and we are starting to get concerned. A large, angry buck came out stared at us, and then quietly walked away. I don't think we breathed for several minutes. I was convinced he was coming at us, and there was no way to outrun him. We didn't go back there for a few days. I took my kids on a camping trip once, not alone in the woods, at a campground, but our site was surrounded by woods. After they fell asleep one night, I tossed and turned for a while, and then decided to walk my dog to the end of the lane and sit on the bench in the children's playground. I was just enjoying the late summer air and my normally very calm lab was starting this very low growl. She kept it up despite my shushing her, and kept staring into the playground. There was an old metal swing set with four swings. And all of a sudden, just one of the swings started swinging by itself. Initially I thought wind might be stirring it, and I sort of froze just watching it pick up speed. While my dog erupted into barking I bolted back to the tent, and did my best not to wake my kids, but I just could not calm down. I've never told them what happened. I got a good one. I was looking for worms on a stormy night on my well-lit street for fishing the next day. Worms love the rain and were filling the streets. I wasn't finding anything worth, well so I headed home. I knew a spot in my backyard that always had good sized worms. I walked into my dark backyard with my dying headlamp and began to look around. I couldn't hear a thing due to the patter on my raincoat. I felt a shiver like I normally do when I'm being watched. Wasn't the first time my headlamp had a setting that would burst light for a few moments then diminish back to a very low setting when the batteries were low. I looked around and saw a set of yellow eyes staring at me from the brush about 20 yards away. My stomach dropped and I immediately drew my combat knife. I live in Colorado and knew that first they weren't the blue eyes that deer put off and second they were higher of the ground than a normal cat would stalking at. I tapped my light and saw. A fully grown adult mountain lion watching me. Then, my light dimmed down back to its low light setting. While the cat looked away, and I lost complete sight of it, I covered my throat with my arm with a shovel in it, and slowly backed up to the stairs of my house, while scanning every inch that my poorly lit headlamp could cover. I made it inside with my heart pounding. I believe that, if I wouldn't have had that feeling, I wouldn't be here today. My back was completely turned to the cat, and it could have been on my neck in a matter of seconds. Killing me. If you are ever in the Rockies, scan at night, and if you know you are being stalked, face the cat, cover your neck, and back up to friends or a safe location. For every one cat you see, at least 10 have seen slash stalked you. Used to go on holiday to the south of France every year with my parents. They would begin to walking and seeing the surrounding areas, so my sister and I would always be dragged along with them. There was one time we had stopped to eat dinner at the top of a mountain. Probably one of the longest walks we'd been on since my sister and I were only around 10 and 12 years old. Whilst we were sat on some boulders eating, this old French lady, probably around 70 years old, approached my parents and asked if they could show her the way down the mountain as she was looking for her husband. Bear in mind this was a very isolated spot, and we hadn't seen any other people on this entire walk. 
my parents were confused how such an elderly old lady had made it so far up the mountain in such heat and no hiking gear. They attempted to communicate with her and see if she had any explanation of how she got there, but she insisted that she just needed to find her husband. As we started walking back down the mountain she began to follow us. All of my family were wearing hiking boots and using sticks to aid us in our descent as the path was incredibly steep and we all slipped many times. The old lady however did not struggle. She followed us down without misplacing a step. The creepiest thing about her though was that the entire way down all she would say was ooh la la anytime any of my family slipped or seemed to struggle finding the right place to put our feet. Once we reached the bottom of the mountain and were on the path back to the car park, she said thank you and began following the path we had taken to get to the top of the mountain. She is now referred to in my family as the ooh la la woman. One time on a scout camp, when I was around 14 we were finishing up an activity late at night and hiking back to our site. The leader of our group, no adults mind you, had the map and instructed us to make a turn into a secluded part of the forest where we walked for a good 20 minutes without reaching any sort of destination. Just as we were about to turn back someone pointed out that there was a tree stump that looked like a massive dog laying down about 100 meters away. Jokingly, one of my friends at the time started howling like a wolf as a sort of mock communication with the perceived dog. And by god almighty did it scare the living shit out of me when I thought I saw its eyes open and glint back at me. Then sit up. Then stand and start slowly walking towards us. At this point we froze. All losing our shit in all senses of the phrase. And tried to ignore it in the hopes that it would be fooled into thinking that we were trees or something. Isn't that what it's meant to make dogs think? Question mark? Close bracket. Still it came closer to us. Creeping slowly. Calculated. As if it could jump at any moment. We stood there as a group of 5 or so not so brave now boy scouts panicking and trying to figure out what the hell we should do. Whispering as quietly as possible about whether to make a bolt for it as the canine figure was around 40 meters away from us now. I was beginning to make out more detail. A very long jaw that hung half open. Big paws that stepped with visible agility and power. A rather large figure around the size of a Siberian husky. Someone suggested running back while we still had the distance, and in our runnies we chose this option quickly and bolted as fast and as hard as we could. With quite literally every fiber of my being I was propelling myself forward as fast as I could, regretting not exercising more and wondering how we would fare should we be unable to outpace the beast. No sooner had we sprinted for around 2 minutes that we had turned a large bend and checked behind us to see if there was anything that could potentially spell our impending doom, which there wasn't thankfully. I was rather confused at this stage. Why didn't it chase after us? Perhaps it was roped to a tree as some owns pet, or it was old and couldn't keep up. Either way we all tried to laugh it off and were just about to check the map to recorrect our route back. Both to get some rest and to tell the story of how we all nearly died to our other friends and leaders. When we heard the rapid scraping of paws on gravel and turned to see that the animal had decided to follow us and continue the hunt. I don't think I had ever run so fast in my entire existence before this point. But holy ducking shit I was so goddamn scared at how fast that dog ran at us. We all bolted as fast as we could for the turn off and headed towards our camp. Maintaining the ludicrous speed that was becoming all the more crucial as the dog approached us. 
we reached the turn off and found that it was a steep uphill slog, because of course it would be. Continuing up the hill at breakneck speed we were all running for our lives and all contemplating the meaning of it simultaneously. Just as we reached the top of the incline we heard a sharp whistle call from a long way back and noticed a figure standing in a sort of lumberjack looking outfit at the bottom of the hill. The dog pulled a complete 180 immediately and left us to our thoughts after that. One of the adults at our campsite found the man later and spoke to him about what had happened. Apparently the dog was trained to retrieve hunted animals and as such figured we were a target and so pursed us as a target. Probably one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me as a kid. Semicolon. Thanks for reading. I know it probably doesn't sound so bad, but I can't put into words how it feels to prepare for your imminent evisceration. My story became creepy after the hike. Not so much during. It was a mild December day in New England and my then girlfriend, and I decided to do a short evening hike at a local state park. An easy trail up to this old stone tower slash structure. We brought a little weed with us and hung out on top for quite a bit until it started to get dark. We smoked a bit, talked, and enjoyed the views. The tower overlooks the trail heading up to it. And as we were up there we noticed someone walking up the trail to the tower. It was a man. Dressed in black. Just casually making his way up. Now me. Being a teenager at the time and a little stoned. Glanced to see the man coming to the tower and quickly packed up my stash for discretion. We decided to just start our hike back as it was near dark anyways. But as we make our way down each of the three or four levels of the tower, we realize we don't see the man. The stone structure is large but open and with many windows. So I kind of look around curiously just to see who had hiked up. No sign of him and no sign of him around or on the trail either. You can see a good distance in every direction leaving the tower. Certainly enough to see someone a few seconds after they turned around to leave. He had left somehow. It confused me, but I was also kind of stoned. So we paid no mind to where he went really and just made our way back to the car. Now where it gets creepy is that few months later, I found out that my experience was not unique. I discovered that there were similar stories about a ghostly legend of the state park. I was really interested in the paranormal at the time, and while researching local ghost stories online I found the story of the man dressed in black. He is sometimes seen near dark walking up to the stone tower, and some claim that, if you keep your eyes on him long enough, he'll just disappear. I was flooded with chills when I read about it, and I'm just glad that ghost didn't cross my mind when I saw him. Me and my family went to our local mountain. To look at the massive amount of snow it had gotten in the past few days, from Arizona so snow is rare. We were walking down the trail when all of a sudden our dog stopped and started to growl down the path. Now this dog scares himself awake with his own fart, so he is easily scared off. But not this time. He just looked down the trail and was growling. We tried to get him to keep walking forward, but he rolled and walked forward, and was being dragged as we tried to keep going. We stopped and tried to pet him and make him feel better, but he wouldn't even look at us. Just whatever was behind us in the trees. He was smelling or seeing something that he didn't like, and when me and my father tried to go down the path alone, he would start barking at us as if he was so scared for us and was panicking that we were getting closer to whatever he didn't like. We stopped and just went back down the trail back to our cars. We told everyone 
that was coming down the trail what we heard, and most of them blew us off. But some just turned around with us, and walked someplace else. I'm happy we never found what he was so scared of. I'm sure it was a bear or maybe a mountain lion. But it could have been anything. I was dog slash house sitting for a friend who had two Dobermans, but lived somewhat in a rural area. They were pretty damn big dogs. One afternoon I let them out into the fenced backyard, and they just stood at the back door. They wouldn't go down into the yard. I eventually had to go out and walk down into the yard with them. Even then as soon as they did their business they were back at the door. I found out later that a bear had been in the area. Listen to your dog. A dead tree that had a hole in it that was filled to the brim with mint lifesavers. This hike was about 5 years ago with a couple friends up in the mountains. I mean, one of us found half of a deer jaw before finding the mint tree, and that friend decided to keep it. But I figured that that's pretty common considering there's plenty of deer and mountain lions in the area. But mint lifesavers stuffed in a tree, and not just any tree, either. This tree was found on its own path, in its own little secluded area with other trees being spaced out from it, as if it was intentional. IDK what type of tree it was. But it was fat and twisty like an oak tree, but not as tall and its bark wasn't as harsh. It was white and leafless, which is why we assumed it was dead. So yeah, if not creepy, then hopefully at least funny lol. Years ago, before we got married, my wife and I went to a local state park with a picnic and a hammock. We set the hammock up in the woods, enjoyed our picnic, then feel asleep together in the hammock. I was abruptly awakened by my wife. She motioned for me to be quiet. The sun had set. There was still a hint of light in the sky. But we couldn't see anything meaningful in the woods. My wife beckoned me to listen. Complete silence. Then. The snap of a branch. In the distance. More silence. We were both suddenly very on edge. We whispered to one another. Trying to figure out if someone was sneaking up on us. The silence was broken again. Another branch same direction but closer then from another direction a momentary crunch of leaves now we were terrified we both had pocket knives on us small but better than nothing we also had a flashlight we drew our knives and deliberated whether whatever was out there knew our location we decided to keep the light off lest we give away our exact location maybe we could run for the car more steps in rapid succession coming directly toward us then silence again. My wife had enough. We know you duckers are out there. She yelled. Silence for an eternity. And then another crunch of leaves. We had enough. We prepared ourselves as best we could for a fight. Then shined the flashlight into the darkness. Toward the last noise we had heard. Three deer scampered away. Into the darkness. We sheepishly gathered our things. And left without incident. We used to go night hiking when there was a full moon. In the summer it's painfully hot during the day, so we would night hike instead. My boyfriend and I had just finished a big loop and were about a mile before the trailhead. He pointed into the trees on the hillside and said, check out that owl, apostrophe. You could see two big yellow eyes up between the trees and the slope. Then its head moved. Definitely was not an owl. Definitely was a cougar that had been watching us. We were hiking on a trail in Hawaii, and it was getting late. Few people were on the trail, but they were air. 
My dad and I were walking up the trail and we then get a call from my stepmother saying that she had heard some animal grunting in the bushes as she was nearing the end of the trail. She had finished the trail before we did. She thought it sounded like a pig. Wild boars can do some damage. And I knew they killed humans sometimes. So my dad and I each grab a branch and stone just in case. We didn't want to hurt it, but it would likely feel threatened if it saw us near its young and strike if deemed necessary. We walked up through the vegetation, a lot of branches on this trail, in complete silence to try to listen for this animal. I eventually spotted like 7 feet to my left. It was big, had short black hair, or fur, and didn't look like it had spotted us. I told my dad to keep moving cause we were within earshot and I noticed it was distracted, likely caring for its young. We hurriedly walked further up and eventually exited the trail. I saw another hiker about to enter, I genuinely don't know why. It was so late, and I handed him my branch. Who knows, he may need it. This doesn't answer your question, but if I was in different circumstances then it would. So to start off I live right next to a boardwalk so sometimes during the summer I run slash walk the length and back to my place, which is about 2, 2 miles. One day at around 6am I saw a single person lying on the beach I thought nothing of it there were surfers always arriving this early to catch the early waves and not pay the beach entrance. So after my run slash walk I shower and go back to bed for 4 more hours or so. Well when I wake up I put on my TV and on one of the local news channels I saw that a person was found dead on the beach bare this block and that street. I realized instantly that it was the person I saw on earlier. The person was found by a person running with his dog on the beach, thinking it was a drunk he walked up to her, and when she wasn't moving, and her face blew he called paramedics. Dead at. The scene. I know it isn't what your question asked, but I just wanted to say what I saw, and could have experienced, if I was in the position of that guy running on the beach. Hiking the PCT always brings a new challenge, whether it be realizing that you actually wear size 11 boot when you have worn 10. 5 for the last 3 years it's quite wild how the smallest thing can become the biggest pain in your ass. Anyway the biggest fright I had at night was realizing another hiker was following me. You think maybe he was just matching speed. But when you realize it's been 3 days and has said nothing is very sus. Most people are very welcoming and will set camp. But he was always there. It escalated to the point when one night I just had the most overwhelming sense of someone watching me, and upon exiting my tent I see a figure maybe 15 feet from me looking right at me. I was so shocked that I just froze, and the man took off running. Needless to say I slept with my pocket knife on me that night lol and just hightailed it the duck out to there I actually beat my best one day, and marked 20 miles, before I hit Stevens Pass. I'm not actually a late night hiker, but grew up with a house backing onwards with trails that led up to the fewer breaks. It was crime filled. It was the late night track for the Ives. Our house got broken into six times, and stolen stuff from other places would often end up on our lawn. We had a dog and a rabbit stolen, but creepiest thing was someone trued to break in while we were home and awake. This happened 30 years ago, and I still remember the guy's face. I was very young, but I have had nightmares ever since because of it. But it would not be unusual to see people hiding at the entry to the trail in our backyard. This was the 80s, so we were left alone as kids a lot as well at home, or told to go play in the backyard. I was terrified of it at night. 
On bright sunny days I was fine, but any time it was not completely bright it was completely terrifying. My mum just thought we were being silly. I know this isn't hiking, but it's certainly creepy and at night. So this was about 2 years ago in my garden at about 3am. I just got a puppy and head wake me up to go outside at silly hours of the morning. Anyway I heard a couple days before from one of the neighbors that someone was standing on her shed roof just laughing at her and her family while they were watching TV. They called the police but he was gone as soon as he heard the sirens. Apparently someone else around the corner reported the same thing a week before but he apparently had some sort of shiv but the police didn't find him. Back to my part in this. So my lovely little papa was running around the garden and I was just standing there looking around and I saw him standing on someone else's shed. I grabbed my pup and ran in the house. I think I threw a orange at him to try and scare him off but he didn't even budge. I was about to call the police when I heard a screech and saw loads of police running down the alleyway by my house. I turned to look at the guy but he was gone. The police called for a helicopter and everything. He was never found, but stopped doing it. I personally suspect it as being the Croydon, London, UK, cat killer as both people had cats but who knows. Generally feeling shaken up remembering it all as him writing this. Late to the party so this'll likely be buried, but whatever. I went back packing slash fishing overnight with a female friend. We are both fairly experienced backpackers, and it was a spot we'd been to many times before on the Salmon River in upstate New York. We also brought her collie along with us. We parked in the same spot we always did at the end of a dirt road, and hiked in about 45 minutes to our favorite fishing spot. Had a great day knocking back beers, swimming and pretending to fish. We put out the fire and went to bed around midnight. We were awakened about 3am by the creepiest noise I've ever heard in my life. It honestly sounded like a demon. Groaning and growling away maybe 5 feet back from the edge of our site in some thick brush. Her usually fearless dog was cowering in the corner of our tent. I was kinda spooked, but I calmed myself down. Ran through the local wildlife in my head and decided it was probably a bobcat. For anyone who doesn't know. Bobcats aren't very dangerous, but they can make some supremely freaky noises their territorial growls often sound like human screams or crying babies. I grab my mess kit, the BSA style one where one half is a frying pan and the other is a bowl, and head outside to try to scare it off. Repeatedly bash the two halves together as loudly as I can to frighten it. Hitch has always worked in the past I've even run off black bears a few times with this method. He thing did not move. If anything, it got closer. I try not to attribute human emotions to wild animals, but the growling sounded angrier. At this point my friend and the dog are out of the tent and Mr. Fearless is trying with all his might to drag her back down the trail toward the road. I shine my light into the dark, and it reflects off of a pair of eyes that I swear looked human. Peering out from a bush at about my chest height. Maybe it was crouching. Maybe it was standing on something. But it damn sure wasn't a bobcat. I'm not proud of this, but we fled in disarray. Slept in the car in a McDonald's parking lot, and went back to get our stuff in daylight. Nothing was taken, but the site was tossed. Even the tent interior. The one sensible thing I had managed to do during our retreat was re-zip the tent, but it was open. Not clawed open. Unzipped. Still have no idea what the hell that thing was. Haven't camped there since. 
Edit bonus, my high school had a pretty huge wooden area behind it that my fellow social outcasts and I used to play man until after class. One day we came across a homeless guy who had died in his sleeping bag. Fortunately he had passed pretty recently so nothing too big had gotten to him yet but still pretty gross. Idea and turkey hunt. So plenty of my core, so hikes at night to get to the stand before sunrise. Two things. One. I stumbled upon a very defensive coyote in the spring once. I think she may have had cub. It was later in the spring, and I was just gonna do some spotting. I always bring a gun, even when I do this cause you never know. A growling coyote in the woods at night is terrifying. I backed away and just went home and back to bed. 2. I heard a ruckus once I cannot explain. Trees shaking. Growling and grunts. This was middle of winter and everything was still. And then all this exploded. I ran to my stand, since that was closest, and posted up trying to figure out what it was. Still don't know. These were both in Bumduck nowhere. Northeast Missouri. I have spent many a night hiking in deserts and mountains, and never felt uncomfortable, or saw anything creepy until the time I looked up. I took a night hike to some petroglyphs not too far from Durango. Co. I was alone. Was about an hour hike. And it was just after midnight, when I got to the petroglyphs. Checked him out then sat on a ledge, and busted out some summer sausage in my flask of whiskey. I look up to the sky and while way up there is a speck moving pretty quickly. I've seen this before, and been told it's the International Space Station or a satellite. So I'm watching it zoom across the sky thinking how cool it is. When it suddenly reverses direction. My mind is doing mental gymnastics trying to figure it out. Maybe two satellites passed each other, and I lost sight of the one I was originally watching. Except it happened again, and it went back the other way on a slightly different course. I actually stood up, and said what the duck. I don't know much about space, but I felt really uneasy watching that white speck way up there doing that. Like my mind is seeing something it knows shouldn't be happening. And then I felt a sense of dread, which was bizarre. And then I lost sight of the speck completely, and hightailed it back to my truck. Oh 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 my favorite subject. Wasn't hiking, but was camping near the Appalachian Trail, when I was a teenager, admittedly to go drink on the 4th of July. Lived near the Appalachian Trail my whole life. So knew that it was a ripe spot for meth heads. And serious poverty. We had chosen a nice big clearing that was next to a parking lot. But we knew the area well enough to know that it wasn't a very visited spot, got a drink somewhere, woke up in the middle of the night to a low hum of some type of vehicle, dismissed it as being in the parking lot, fell back asleep next thing you know the ground was shaking, felt the ground almost compressing, so the car couldn't be more than 2 to 3 feet from our tent driving at a slow pace with the headlights off, naturally thought it was a park ranger, but was too scared to be caught drinking to say anything. So I froze up and just pretended to be asleep. Eventually the car drives by. Full gas. And could hear it go off in the distance. But all of a sudden everything was silent. And I see a lot of flashlights walking past our tents. I dismissed it as how lights can look like a lot of lights when shown through a tent. So thinking it was my friends who got them out. To check what was up with that car. I told them to shut the ducking lights off. They did. All went off at the same time. I then turned over to see the outline of all my friends in their sleeping bags. But since we had one more tent I wasn't worried. The guys in the other tent the next day then asked us if we had gotten out and drove through the campground last night. 
We said no. I then asked them if they went to check it out. They in turn said no. They thought it was us just returning to our tents. I then had the most uneasy feeling in the world. Like I was about to throw up. Probably from the copious amounts of barley. But also just frozen in fear. Today. This evening. A butt naked dude heading down the mountain. Smiled and waved. I stopped by an officer I work with's house. Because he lives at the bottom of the mountain. Where the guy was walking toward. He cringed and said the new neighbors are hippies. Lol. But ass at twilight. Happened when I went car camping in a state park. There was a small patch of trees about one quarter mile long between my campsite and the shower slash bathrooms. Everyone went through the woods and there was a small dirt path that was well trodden and everything. I just let my eyes acclimate and walk through the dark. You can't see everything but well enough to see the path. So I'm carrying a towel and my toothbrush and toothpaste when I hear some rustling and leaves crunching in the woods nearby. I paused and listened and when I stopped the sound stopped. This happened a couple more times and I got sort of scared and shifted it to the bathrooms. There were a few other people there so I calmed down. On the way back I decided to go a bit faster. I jogged along the trail when I kind of stumble slash kick something. At my feet there is the biggest skunk I have ever seen standing on its tiptoes with its tail bushed out and straight in the air were both equal parts terrified and outraged. I dropped all my shit and ran back to my campsite where my smell preceded me. We left early, apparently. Park rangers knew about him. He had gotten used to people who didn't stomp on him in the dark, feeding him so he was quite tame and sort of a pest. Me and my friends used to go camp and hike out in northern Az. It was usually a big group of 10 to 12 of us, and one of our favorite things to do was play tag after dark. The first day we got there it was already getting dark out, so we would have to wait until tomorrow to do some hiking. We quickly set up camp, and once dark decided to play hide and seek, we would pair off in couples to be safe, while the two hunters used walkie talkies to communicate and find us. I preferred staying close to camp hidden. Cause 9 times out of 10 the hunters will take off for the woods first thing. Me and my partner were well hidden on top of a hill surrounded by some rocks and dead trees. The hill was perfect because it gave a perfect view of the campground and no one could sneak up on us. Well while we were waiting we saw someone return to camp. Instantly we knew this wasn't one of our friends. The figure was closer to 7 foot tall but looked skin and bone frail. The man either had a twitch or was on drugs cause he kept shaking his head violently. He had something shiny and metal in his hand. It wasn't until he passed a lantern we hung up early I saw he was carrying a hatchet. At that point we were both freaked out. We still had cell service so I got on our group chat and quickly posted someone is at our camp. Return as soon as possible. This is not a game. Knowing they would be coming shortly me and my friend decided to charge at the guy from our hiding place hoping to scare him into leaving. The moment we stepped out of hiding the man turned towards our direction. As if he knew we were there the whole time. We ran at the guy, but he didn't budge or even move. We stopped about 20 feet away waiting for some kind of a reaction from him. But there wasn't one. He stood there with his face blank, watching and studying us right back. My friend yelled at the man, asking him what was he doing, what did he want and so on. The man started to smile randomly as my friend continued yelling at him. There was something chilling about the way he smiled at us. Like he was posing for a picture showing the biggest grin humanly possible. 
Suddenly five of our friends came charging for the camp right at the guy. All of us played sports, or were in some kind of lifting, so we were all in good shape. But like before it was like the man knew they were there, and the moment they gave chase he took off. He was faster than any of us which shouldn't have been possible, just by looking at his physical shape. We lost him almost immediately. Just like that it was over, and we returned to camp. By the time we got back the rest of the group had made it. We told them about what happened and debated if we should leave or stay. Seeing there was 12 of us, we figured we would take turns keeping watch. It was just one guy so what could he possibly do all of us? We started to unwind and hang out smoking by the fire until we decided to pass out. We woke up from our friend at yelling outside the tents. It was still dark out and he was keeping watch but something had freaked him out. He said he kept hearing something big moving around the camp just out of his line of sight. We went over to where he heard the noise but found nothing. Once we were sure it was safe we went back to our tents. Just as we all started to get back in the same man from before leaped out of one of our tents. We stood there in shock and terror for a moment along because before any of us could react the man was running away again. This time he was laughing as he ran. Just his laugh alone sounded hysterical and not deranged. After that we quickly packed all our gear and got the hell out of there. The incident made sure we never returned to the same area for camping. We would still go hiking around there but as far as camping went we wouldn't dare. Not again. I was at the summit of a local mountain when it hit me. I couldn't get back down before dark and I had no light. After climbing back down to the hiking part of the trail, began to jog. I was making good time when I went down hard. Kinning my knee and shin. Got back up, in some degree of shock, and started again. I finally got to a point in the trail, where I realized I would make it out by twilight. Oh I stopped to give my bloody leg some first aid. After washing the injury, and treating it with an antiseptic. Got ready to bandage it. The other side of a row of willows, 8-10 feet away. Heard and saw a huge mountain lion quietly slithering their way back up the mountain. While I was tending my wound. The area was totally silent. That some bitch must have been watching me for a good 5 minutes. Can still recall the hair on the back of my neck sticking up and the weird adrenaline taste in my mouth. I haven't hiked without a firearm since. Sometimes I go on late night walks with my partner. Like 2 or 3 am. It's a route that we often take during the day as well. And by this particular point we'd done the walk a few times. It's a paved road through a park. So it's not particularly hazardous. Sometimes we've heard coyotes in the distance. But that was never a big deal. I like to listen to the frogs and other night noises. Reminds me of where I grew up. But this one night we decided to go out when it was way, way too dark. Overcast. Very little moon. A dark night. Part of the road is covered by trees. So it was even darker. We are walking slowly just for safety. We talk while we walk. And I always figure that's good enough for most wild beasts. And if a random stoner, or whoever happens to be out there, they'll also hear us coming, and not get spooked. But right as we start to come out of the trees into the clearing, she catches a glimpse of movement off to the side of the road. She grabs my arm, and asks what's that? And I'm like I don't think it's anything. But then I see it too. I'm trying to keep it cool. Because I know that, if it's an animal just being calm, and speaking clearly usually will send them off. But I'm starting to pick up her fear. As I walk closer, 
I made some kind of comment, like there's definitely something. Apostrophe. And then I think it might be a person, and she screams it's not a ducking person or something along those lines. I whipped out my cell phone, and flipped on the light, and it was a ducking chrome Mylar balloon somebody had tied to the railing just blowing in the breeze. I don't think I've ever been so scared over an inanimate object in my life. We used our flashlights for the rest of the walk home. We've never gone night walking without a clear sky again. It was a few years ago, but I was camping near a beach with some friends for a couple days and one night. God knows what I was thinking. I decided to go for a walk by myself well after 12 in the middle of January, while I was hiking through the woods. Toward the beach, I kept hearing some sort of humming slash strumming sound, but didn't think much of it, so I pressed on. As I kept going deer were running my direction and I guess didn't see me, or didn't care, because they kept getting real close, and started to freak me out, but I stupidly kept going. Eventually the humming sound got louder, and I started to see what I assumed was a lantern, and figured it was some other campers, so I tried to quiet myself as much as I could, and go around their clearing. As I got closer I learned, that I was so, ducking, wrong. The lantern I saw, was a bonfire roughly the size of a car and the humming was about 22-30 half-naked old people rubbing some kind of powder on their chests and foreheads. They were all dancing, around the fire, and humming slash chanting, while one of them just strummed the same three chords on a broken looking guitar. Needless to say I was spooked to all hell, so I started to backpedal as slowly and quietly as I could, when one of them, an older guy with some feathery necklace, looks right at me waves and says oh hey there young fella why don't you come join us and warm up a bit i'm sure you're cold with just that jacket let the flames and ash show you the warmth nature has provided for us tonight i ran my ass as fast as i could through the woods and i made sure to take as many detours as i could before going back to camp because i swear i heard them following me i know they called out after me while i was running the second I got back I pulled out our hatchet, and woke up the other guys just in case. They didn't believe me at first but eventually they didn't and have slept the rest of the night. We did end up seeing them the next day and I can add that story, if people requested but anyway. Thanks for reading. TL. Doctor I walked up on a cult. In the woods while camping. Part 2. Since my odd late night adventure got me, and everyone else. Pretty spooked we decided to move our campsite further away from the clearing, where I saw all the weird shit and closer to one of the rocky outcoves by the beach. It must have been around 5 or so, because we could start to see the sunrise, so we figured that would be the best time, to pack up and move. Traveling to the water was fine. We didn't hear anything but we did come across some ash piles close to where we were camping, and use them to direct ourselves the opposite direction. Eventually we made our way to the cove and set up camp around some boulders and a washed up canoe. While we setting up we heard some twigs snapping, and hoped it was just deer making their way through the woods. But of course it wasn't. The sound was too consistent to be more than a couple deer. It was the old people. I immediately hid down behind the boulders, and peeked through the brush, while most of my friends did the same, or hid under the canoe. I watched the old people as closely as I could without getting spotted this time and didn't see anything too interesting other than some kind of ceremony they held. Now I don't know what religion it was, but they all stood in a line in front of the older guy from the last post. The older guy had a picture frame next to him with, what I assume was, another older person in the photo. 
Couldn't tell 100% from where I was. The older guy was holding a bowl of ashes and each person in line held either a flower, feather, or large leaf. Each person would take turns going up to the older guy with their object. The older guy would then take it, dip it in the ashes, rub it on their faces, mouths, chests, and hands before giving it back to them. After each person received their object, they would walk a few feet and stand in the sunlight motionless until every other person had done the same. None of them would sit. None of them would move. They just stood there. Eventually when the older guy did the same to himself he stood in front of them, with his back turned to them, and slowly lifted his arms like the Dark Souls guy. Each of the other old people did the same, and after a couple minutes, each person proceeded to put their blessed object in their mouth or hair, but most preferred the prior. My friends and I must have spent an hour or two watching them do this until they all started walking back into the woods silently. We still don't know what they were doing, but we like to look back and laugh on how weird it was. So there's the part 2. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for reading. Warning. This is long. It's not exactly a hiking story, but right when I graduated high school, before me, three of my close friends, and one of those friends girlfriend, went off to different schools slash the military, we decided to go camp at Yellowstone. We were still early in the season, so there was nobody at our campsite. The first two days we drove and hiked around, looking at geysers and springs and all the natural wonder. And our nights we spent by the fire in shorts and t-shirts getting drunk. Thanks to one of our friends being a camp food connoisseur, we ate a lot of amazing food that I didn't even know could be made by campfire. The third night started like the previous two. It was warm, and we were drinking, and all was well. I woke up at around 3.30 in the morning because there was something wet and cold on my face. Turns out it snowed so hard in the two hours we'd been asleep that the tent I was in collapsed. The wet and cold was the tent's roof on my face. I woke everyone up and we dug each other out and reset our tents. I figured now was as good a time as any to walk over to the bathroom, which was I'd say about the equivalent of two blocks away from our campsite. I should note, I would not consider myself a woodsman. I'm comfortable in the outdoors, probably more than most people. At that time in my life, I was an avid fisherman and a competent hunter, but I was very concerned about the wildlife, bears in particular. There are signs everywhere in Yellowstone about the wildlife that will kill you. Don't touch the bears. They will kill you. Don't touch the bison. They will kill you. Don't touch the deer. They will kill you. Hell, there are signs that even tell you not to touch the ground because you could fall through and be acid boiled to death. Each sign comes complete with the bathroom guy illustration of why each thing is dangerous. The bison one I remember most is great. Featuring a blocky bison tossing a guy into the air. The bison had speed lines behind it. I remember that very clearly. Anyway, I'm walking to the bathroom. It's dead ducking quiet and there's about 4 inches of heavy, wet, snow on the ground. All I can hear is my footsteps. And then, as I walked, I started hearing something behind me. It sounded like much more careful footsteps. Like something was conscious of the noise it was making as I moved through this kind of wooded area. I would take a few steps and pause, listening. And sure enough, there was this pat pat pat, and then it would stop. I could see the brick bathroom structure which was big enough for a men's and women's bathroom, with each bathroom having 
I'm guessing for the women's room, three stalls in it. So I take the duck off, sprinting the last 100 or so feet. I fly through the door, slip and crash onto the floor, and then scramble to slam the door behind me and press myself against it. I thought for sure that a ducking bear, ah, or maybe a mountain lion, was stalking me through the trees, and that I had just barely gotten away. I could only hope that my friends were as aware as me and would be able to get in the trucks or whatever. So there I was, sitting on the bathroom floor with my back pressed against the door. It was cold. It was dark. I was wet. And still very much freaked out. I checked my watch. I'd been bracing the door for about 15 minutes. I decided it'd probably be okay to stand up. Just as I stood up, there was this big thump and the door knocked against me. I screamed, both out of shock and because some part of my animal brain was like make noise, become large. There were loud noises coming from the other side of the door and so I just carried on shouting and pressing against the door. Turns out it was my friend Nick. When I realized it was him, I sheepishly held the door for him and asked if anything followed him and explained what I was doing. He said he didn't hear anything on his way in. But that didn't mean I was crazy for thinking something tried to follow me. Now a pair though, and emboldened, we decided we had to get back to the campsite and warn our other three compatriots. We set out slowly, carefully listening after our steps, straining to hear or see anything. We had flashlights, and the moon was clear and bright off the snow, but it felt like every tree hid something with teeth. It was then that I heard it again. I grabbed Nick's shoulder and he nodded saying yeah yeah i heard it too we paused listening and watching i was squeezing my flashlight so tight i could feel the metal gritting into my hand we heard it again closer this time but we still didn't see anything do we ducking run or what i half whispered half shouted in the way that you do when you recognize you should be quiet but can't contain the urgency of the statement i don't know i don't think so said nick among the five of us, I was the only one that wasn't an Eagle Scout. If Nick didn't know what to do, then I figured we were just ducked. I just thought that whatever came out of the duck was going to get ducking Bob directly in the eye with my flashlight before it made a meal of me. Pat pat. It happened again. This time. Right in front of me. I knew what the noise was now. It was clumps of wet snow falling out of the trees. Idiot is not a strong enough word for what I felt like. Me and Nick laughed it off, both making fun of me, but also relieved we didn't have to fight for our lives on some campground. Later that day we saw wolves hunting elk way off in the distance. We saw the Grand Prismatic Spring, and the various geysers and springs in the basin around it. A ranger came to our campsite and said that a bear had been seen in the area, and we needed to be extra careful about putting out food and trash away tonight. But nothing came of it. It was a pretty good trip. TL. Doctor went to Yellowstone. T. Thought an animal was trying to kill me. It was snow. A few years ago my GF. Now wife. And I hiked up to this field in the hills. To get a good view of a meteor shower. We were laying out on a blanket and quietly talking and watching the stars. When we heard a coyote howling a bit a ways away. It sounded far enough away. That we thought it was neat to hear one calling. Then we heard another one a bit closer, but 180 different direction. And then a couple minutes later we heard yet a third one from another direction. 
Within 10 minutes we heard what sounded like half a dozen different coyotes howling from all different directions. Their calls kept getting louder and closer. We obviously freaked the duck out and ran back down the trail to our car and decided that we had enough shooting stars for one night. My brother and I were on day 3 of a 5 hiking trip in the deep back country of the High Sierras when this random guy emerges from off the trail. He had no water, no equipment, no headlight and was wearing a dirty pair of jeans and a t-shirt. He headed in our direction on the trial, but we soon lost sight of him because we were outpacing him even though we had on heavy packs. He did however catch up to us when we took a break. As he passed in the moonlight we noticed he was limping, and there was a chain dragging on the ground coming from his right leg that looked like broken leg cuffs. My brother and I just looked at each other, and in silence, agreed everything about this guy looked wrong. We packed up, and continued down the trail with knives hidden in our hands. We caught him about a quarter mile later taking a break on a stump. As I passed I looked him dead in the eyes. I have never had someone look me with such coldness. I turned and walked backwards down the trail till he disappeared around the bend never moving from his perch on the stump. We then triple timed it from there and never saw him again. Nearly 10 years ago now my husband, a mutual friend of ours, and I went hiking in the BRM in NC. It was intended to be a day hike, lead by our friend, so we brought only our day packs, enough water for 5 miles, and some of those tuna packs with crackers, so we could snack. We get to the trail our friend had supposedly hiked before, and when it forked he said he wasn't sure which one he had taken. But it circled our oint, so either way it would lead right back. Now is a good time to explain this friend. He is spassy in the way that we have to remind him to eat the food on the fork he has been holding for a few minutes, or in the way he sliced the tip of his finger off with a bandsaw because he was looking at his coffee. He and my husband had been on many backpacking and hiking trips before but our friend had never been a leader before. This was the trip he wanted to prove his skills. About 7 miles in. On top of a clearing. He admits he is lost. When we ask a few of the random people setting up camp along the trail where the trail back to the parking lot is. Nobody knows. So with no more food, no more water, and windling light we are lost. My husband is excellent at orienteering, so he now takes lead. I'm center. And our friend is the caboose. My husband gets out his water filter, filters water into our all jeans from a fast moving river, and picks a direction to follow. About 3 miles into this new trek, it is now pitch black. We are in the thick of the forest. It is cold, and we hear a whimpering slash whining sound. We stopped and listened for it, and as we do my husband turns his headlamp back to look at me and freezes. His eyes grow large, and he tell us to keep moving, and if we see a good sturdy, walking stick-sized branch, to grab it without stopping. Of course our friends and I look behind us, it was a pack of coyotes, we had wandered into their territory and they were telling us to get out of it. Kept moving. Andy the coyotes kept following, constantly making these yippy whining sounds, to let us know they were still there. T felt like a death walk, Andy the longest death walk at that, innerly, to what felt like dozens of miles. Trail widened and connected to another trail, but we followed my husband straight on the path we were on, as did the coyotes. The trail opened up to the parking lot where we quickly walked to our car and quickly jumped in. As we drove away we saw the coyotes standing in the tree line watching us. Our friend has never lead another trek since then.
I was hiking one night with my wife in an urban wilderness hiking area of our hometown. It's essentially a large area of the city that's uninhabited and owned by the city parks department and turned into hiking and biking trails. We arrived at dusk one evening and there were no other cars in the parking lot. We began our night hike and about 45 minutes into the hike it was pitch black. We were hiking down a trail and turned a corner when we heard a very low and unnerving growl. We immediately stopped and I shined my flashlight in the direction we heard it come from, about 5 yards away. We couldn't see anything. We stood there for a few moments to see if we could hear it again. And sure enough it got louder. It sounded deep and large. Almost like a lion was growling at us. It was very startling. We never saw anything but ended up booking it the opposite direction. Literally sprinting back to the parking lot. I've never ran so fast. After getting back to the car and gathering our wits, we heard distant motorcycles driving down the road. They sounded similar to the growl we heard. I tried making sense of it. Was it the motorcycles or an animal? The only native animal large enough to make a deep growl. Like that would maybe be a mountain lion. We don't have any other large animals around here capable of making that sound. I know there are a few mountain lions here and there in the surrounding rural areas where I live. But in city limits? No way. I'm still baffled about it. Edit. Grammatical errors. My story is tame compared to many here, but it was very scary at the time. I was living with my girlfriend in a nice little neighborhood that I later learned was in the wrong part of town. I walked by myself most nights. Talking on the phone with my aunt as I did slow laps around the subdivision. That night, I had looped around the whole place once or twice and was about 15 minutes away from home. I can remember that moment very well. I was on the sidewalk, crossing a driveway beneath a lamppost that lit up the nearby house, when I heard what was very clearly a dog growling from up the driveway, near the garage door. I grew up with big dogs, Rossies, Pits, and Germans. I know how territorial they are, and I know that they can sometimes become more aggressive if you look at them. So I kept my head down and kept walking at the same pace. Expecting that the dog would ignore me after I walked by, I told my aunt that there was a dog nearby, and she got really quiet. A lot of things went through my mind, but my brain just kept focusing on one thought, don't run. Just don't run. Whatever you do, punch, kick, scream, but don't run. I heard its collar jangle as it got up, and I could hear it trotting slowly behind me to catch up. I looked over my shoulder and saw two thick rottweilers staring straight at me, walking next to each other on the sidewalk about 10 feet behind. I told my aunt that I'd call her back, but she refused to get off the phone. I walked, and they followed me. The next 10 minutes were the most terrified I have ever felt. In the moment, I was sure that they could tell how scared I was. By the time I turned onto the street where I lived, I was in tears. After she gave up on asking questions, my aunt kept telling me, it'll be okay, just keep walking and stay calm. Can't say for sure I would have stayed calm without her. Those dogs followed me all the way to my front door, growling the whole time. I've lived with rottweilers bigger than them, and never felt like I was in any danger. But something instinctual told me that night that those dogs wanted to hurt me. I know for sure that I was not safe around them. Funny thing was, I drove by that house every day for almost a year and never saw those dogs again. 
I continued to walk at night and never encountered anything similar. It's time for a light supernatural story. Not so much of a hiking though. It was a survival test for joining a mountaineering club in my campus. There were 20 ish of us including myself. In the middle of the woods. With our foods. Were confiscated by the recruitment commit. So that we needed to find natural foods from nature such as fruit. Especially banana. Edible plants. Or even locust or snake if lucky. Miserable test. But valuable experience indeed. One day. It was raining so hard in the afternoon and all of our 5 groups hadn't finished, set up our group bivouacs. We intentionally set them near each other, so we could check everyone instantly something is going wrong. No one was talking or chatting to each other. It was only given by our soaked clothes and empty stomachs. When suddenly all of us heard a hysterical woman scream. And 5 seconds. Surprised woman scream. Everyone heard it, and the scream was, so close and loud. We all thought it was one of us screaming, because of snake or something. So naturally, the boys jolted instantly to a bivouac we thought was the source of the scream. No girls were crouching or standing up as we imagined. All of us stared at each other, especially the girls as we thought one of them was pulling a prank on us to surprise us. No one claimed the scream, nor admitted that it was her joke. Everyone looked equally shocked. After minutes of investigating the girls, we then went back to our respective groups with an unanswered incident. Even after the recruitment process was finished, and we went back to civilization. After we officially members of the club, we shared that story to our seniors, and it turns out, the place my batch used to set bivouacs was the first time to be used in 5 years, and the last batch used that part of the woods experience the exact screaming incident, also without any logical explanation. And they chose to base that incident as their batch name Forest's Cry. Apostrophe. Thanks for watching. Hit subscribe for more videos like this. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.